This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 943, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 12th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 943 as I take a look at some of the books that came out on Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. I'm only talking about a few books today, but uh, before we jump into talking about them, uh, we should just quickly uh, look back at some of the books that did come out that particular week. Uh, there was Batgirls number two, there was Batman Urban Legends number 11. Uh, we had uh, Dark Ages number four, Dark Hawk number five, Death of Doctor Strange. Elsa, uh, sorry, Doc, Death of Doctor Strange Bloodstone. We had a new issue of Detective Comics. We had Devil's Reign Superior Four. Uh, we had a new issue of Fantastic Four, Future State Gotham uh, issue number nine. I always forget that that book is still going. Uh, what else do we have? We had Hawkeye Kate Bishop issue number three. I'm behind on that already. Uh, we had House of L book two, The Enemy Delusion. Uh, we had I Am Batman. Uh, number five, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes, uh, King Conan, number two, Marauders, number 27, uh, Marvel's Voices, Heritage, number one, Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit, number two, uh, Pennyworth, number six of seven, Robin and Batman, number three, uh, Robins, number four of six, uh, Savage Avengers, uh, Spider-Woman, the Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, 10 of 12, as it gets closer and closer to being over. Uh, it's been a, from the issues I've read, it's been a fun maxi series. We have The Thing, number three. Uh, we've got Titans United, number five, and Wastelanders, Black Widow, number one. Um, and now the books I'm talking about today, there's only a few of them, but there's first, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 85. Uh, this is by, uh, Cody Ziegler and Paco Medina. Cody Ziegler on writing, Paco Medina on pencils with a bevy of inkers. We got Walden Wong, Wayne Foucher, Paco Medina himself, Andrew Hennessy, Victor Alazaba, and Roberto Poggi. That is a lot of inkers on one book. We got color art by Espen Gruntenjern. Wow, I butchered that. And virtual calligraphy's Joe Caramagda provides the letters. Um, I, I'm so unsure about something like this because, and I, I've heard this described elsewhere, is that there's such a mishmash of tones in... Amazing Spider-Man right now, and you know, with, with Doc Ock, I, I don't know, I, I like him taking it a little bit more seriously, and he seems, you know, when, when he's showed up here, at times he's just kind of silly, but at times he's also quite serious, and what he's able to do again, you know, in, in combat is, you know, sometimes is, is quite cool, so I'm, I'm just not sure, I'm not, I think the biggest problem, and this is a problem that I've had with some of the villains that they've used in this book, is that I'm not really sure who they are. Like, I know who they are. Like, I know who Dr. Octopus is, but I don't know who he is in the current continuity and context, given everything that's happened with him in the last decade, how much of it he does remember. And I know that shouldn't let that bother me, but it does kind of color how he he acts. And he ends up acting in a a way that I'm not sure about. Um, There's some good set pieces here, as we do have Ben and Ock going at it for a while. We have kind of a cliched thing where, you know, Peter really starts, oh, sorry, Peter, Ben really starts putting the like, kind of the beat down on, on Doc Ock. And I think the biggest problem, if I really had to narrow it down, is it just, there's just something about the character doesn't quite feel like the Ben that they want me to remember. You know, like, I feel like whenever they use Ben Riley, they're like, hey, you were a fan of the Clone Saga, you liked Ben Riley then, you should read this book. And then you could read the book, and, it, and that's just not the Ben Riley we're getting. And sometimes they get close, but it just totally just never quite feels like it's there. And I'm not sure what that is or why that is. Um, you know, if, if, like I was a, 
I like reading the Ben Riley stories back in the 90s. I think, you know, he's an interesting character. And yet I always feel like he's just not quite that here. And when he had his short run book, short lived book by Peter David, he definitely wasn't that. Um, so I'm just not always sure who he is. And so I'm not sure who the, who the, who the villains are. And then beyond, I'm just not sure how I feel about them either. And there's obviously some subplots here that they have going through, like, yeah, at the very end where you have, you know, Ben Riley uh, smashing a, a mirror and kind of looking back, and now his face has kind of got the same missing thing that we were dealing with uh, earlier with Ben, with the memories of Ben Parker. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I'm just not sure. I, I you know, I, I like this in general. It's it definitely breezy in that we move quickly from story to story, which I do like. We're not spending too much time on each particular storyline. Uh, so if you don't really like it, we're moving on to the next. So I like that sense of kind of moving forward quickly and having a real sense of, of movement. So that I really enjoy about about it. But uh, yeah, I'm just not sure in general. Uh, next up is Chip Zdarsky writing and Raphael De La Torre doing art on Daredevil uh, Woman Without Fear, number one, a color art by Federico Blee, and letterer is Virtual Calligraphy's Clayton Cowles, and cover art is by Chris Bacalo, or Bacalo. Um, I found this really engaging and interesting. I have not been keeping up with The Devil's Reign, but I just kind of read this issue because it was on my stack, and I really liked it. And even though I haven't really been following Devil's Reign, I found it really easy to kind of jump into where Electra was as a character. I didn't find any issue there. I like the flashbacks that kind of add more depth to her character, especially in and around, and I, I'm sure this is not coincidental, but in and around the period of Electra in Man Without Fear, the classic miniseries by Frank Miller and John Reader Jr. So there's a, a lot of kind of references to that and, and uh, you know, flashbacks to it, which I really enjoyed. And then the end of this issue, I did not expect to see Craven the Hunter show up. I haven't looked at solicits. I don't know if he's been showing up in them. Uh, Dilatari does an amazing Craven the Hunter. He looks formidable and awesome in the kind of last page reveal here. I'm really excited to see him going up against Electra. You know, realistically, it shouldn't be difficult for her. She's the master assassin, but I also feel like we don't give Craven enough. Um, respect and obviously this isn't the original craven it's his weird clone son <laughs> craven um but uh regardless of you know which iteration of craven it is it looks cool it makes me excited for the next issue it makes me excited to you know read the next chapter of this story i thought i was riveted i thought this was really engaging even when it slows down a little bit to do a little bit more introspection in electro as a character i was i was really buying into it i really enjoyed it uh, i could tell how much fun chips was chip sadarsky was having and telling the story and adding more layers to her and kind of dancing within the range of pre existing continuity and what we knew of her in Man Without Fear and trying to reconcile these different kind of versions and interpretations of the character and using what we know of her from that particular miniseries as well. So I thought this was just so interesting and fun and again a, a continued uh, journey into who Elektra is as a character, especially now that she's Daredevil, what that means for her. Uh, so I thought this was incredibly engaging and enjoyable and I highly recommend it. And last but not least uh, this, was, this was a weird one. I'm not sure overall but it was kind of fun and silly, and, and it definitely was fast-moving, um, was a new issue of X-Men Legends, issue number 10, written by Fabian Nicieza and artwork by Dan Jurgens. Dan Jurgens, everyone, doing an X-Men book. I uh, got Scott Hanna on inks with Alex Sinclair on color art, uh, and again, Joe Caramagna returning as well on letters, um, and which is not a big surprise there. This story takes place during the events of X-Men 34, so again, I like that, you know, Nicieza is, you know, kind of looking at things that he's written before, or, you know, to kind of write new stories and it's meant to be kind of not forgettable but 
kind of within the raindrops doesn't really change or anything about continuity, but it was an interesting story kind of running parallel to what was happening somewhere else. Um, I like the iterations the characters use. I thought it was interesting as they start to kind of dissolve away and they're starting to realize what is going on here and how, why they're going to die. Um, and what that means. I like how beast kind of shifts between his different, uh, up until this point, even past actually past what we would have seen in the nineties. Uh, he, you know, starts to become more of the cat beast, which really didn't occur till later. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and it was fun. Uh, it was a really fun and enjoyable, um, you know, story. And again, taking place kind of in and around X factor 104, 105 as well. I thought was interesting. So, uh, this was really enjoyable, uh, you know, very light reading. It's not super, you know, deep, um, but uh, if you just want a kind of a fun, enjoyable comic, which definitely has a sense of, of um, not risk, that's the wrong word, but there is a tension to it because the characters are going to die, and they do. Uh, spoilers. Um, but I found it really captivating regardless. Um, so it might be, you know, might have seemed like a, an odd choice for a book, but I actually ended up quite enjoying it. Uh, and that is our discussion of books that came out on, uh, what I said, the 12th, um, which already is 10 days ago as I read, as I record this, but, uh, hopefully one of these days I'll start to get back on, uh, task in terms of, uh, getting the show out on a timely basis. Every time I get close, something happens. Uh, books that came out, uh, on the, well, I guess on the, what, the 19th that I'll be talking about in our next reviews podcast in a couple days, hopefully, uh, include, uh, let's see, Amazing Spider-Man 86, which I probably will have read by then. Ben Riley Spider-Man, I hope so, because I'm really excited about it. Death of Doctor Strange, X-Men, Black Knight. Uh, probably not going to have read that in time. Uh, we've got Devil's Reign, Heroes for Hire, Devil's Reign, uh, X-Men. We've got Eternals, Hulk, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Moon Knight, Phoenix Song, Echo, She-Hulk number one, Silk number one, Silver Surfer Rebirth number one, a lot of number ones. Uh, we've got X, of Wolf- X Lives of Wolverine number one. Uh, and then over at DC Comics, uh, we had Aquaman the Becoming, five of six, Batman the Knight number one of ten, a new launch. We've got Batman versus Big B, a Wolf in Gotham number five. Uh, I haven't really been hearing anything about that book after the first issue. I, I don't think I've had a chance to read anything past or issue one yet. Uh, we got Blue and Gold, number five, uh, new issues of Catwoman, Detective Comics, Green Lantern, Icon and Rocket, season one, uh, Looney Tunes, Nightwing, Nubia and the Amazons, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Superman, Son of Kal-El, Wonder Woman Evolution, and Wonder Woman 783. So those are just some of the books that come out next week, uh, or the, the week after the one we're talking about, but already in the past uh, as I record this. You can always email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com rate and review the show on iTunes subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher thanks again for listening and we will catch you next time bye bye